The Bible reading today is in two, uh, two sections. The first section is from 1 Peter chapter 3, and the second section is from Colossians chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 13 to 16. Who is going to do who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats, do not be frightened. But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against you, against your good behavior in Christ, may be ashamed of their slander. And from Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 to 6. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Thank you, Gary, and thank everyone for this time where we could gather together to worship the Lord. Um, I want to welcome those of you who are here for the first time. Thank you for coming, Hector and Carlos and Lisi and Michael and Helen. Thank you. And for those of you who are watching for the first time online, thank you again uh, for being with us. It's great to get together to worship the Lord. I wonder if you're feeling cold this morning feeling cold? You want to just stand up and do some star exercise? No, no, no. I want to thank the musicians in leading us in worship. Um, let's just look to the Lord and come with this word into his hands. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord. We have such an opportunity here to open the word and look what's in it. Father, we pray that we will be people as if we look into the mirror and examine ourselves. So too this morning, we look into the word and examine ourselves. Thank you, Father. Be with us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. If I'm getting too loud, you can just put me down. Thank you. We're looking at the series called uh, Multimissional. Let me get on to it. Yep, that'll fix it. Okay, so we're looking at the series multi-missional. And when we talk about missions, friends, um, we need to get away from this thing called as a project that we do something on a Sunday afternoon where we go out to the world out there and do some evangelization. We need to get away from that attitude, from the thought. Most of the time, when we think of missions, we immediately get the idea that we are adding an event or a service 
to an already cramped schedule of our daily lives. But when we talk about missions, what did Jesus say? Jesus said, we are the salt and light of this world. So let's just be that. Wherever we are, whatever we are doing, let's just be salt and light. Think, of, think for a moment, what does salt do? What does light do? The role of light is to drive out darkness so people can see clearly. And the role of salt is to preserve and thus being a person of positive influence in the community where we live in. Over the past five weeks, we have been looking at five dimensionals of being missional. We're exploring different ways that we can engage ourselves in our community. And we have seen being missional and being a witness. We started off with that. And then we looked at prayer, generosity, good deeds, public faith. And this morning we'll be looking at day-to-day -day conversations. These are different dimensional in our approach of how we look at sharing ourselves with the lives of people. How do we transition from a Sunday to an everyday lifestyle? That's more important. I know we all look wonderful this morning. How do we look from Monday to Saturday? We all can put up a great behavior here and say how wonderful we are, but what about Monday to Saturday in place where we work? So this morning we will look at this last of the series on being missional in our daily conversation. One of the first things that people can have a glimpse of us or understand us is maybe when they look at us from the outside, and the moment we open our mouth, people begin to gauge and people begin to understand. We either drive people away or we draw them close in the, in the way we speak. Here are two scripture passages that we'll, we'll be looking at as already read. Uh, one in Colossians chapter 4, where it says, Let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know to answer everyone. In Peter, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. It's fascinating that both these passages emphasize uh, not on the content, but on the manner of our speech. It does not tell us what we are supposed to speak, but in the manner, how we do it. So that'll be our emphasis this morning. That's why we'll be looking at. Both Apostle Paul and Peter are very concerned with how we answer, with how we talk to people around us in a general conversation. Colossians chapter 4, 2 to 6, it says, Paul is not here preaching, he's not talking about preaching the gospel. He's not telling us that we go out there into the community with a big Bible in our hand and bash people on the heads. He's not talking about all that. He's talking about the way 
we speak that will attract others to Christ. So what is he saying? He insists that our speech always, at all times, be full of grace and seasoned with salt. Full of grace and seasoned with salt. Watch any cooking show and you will see that. The chefs salt everything. From pasta to steak, beef, and to salads. I remember a friend of mine in Tassie, uh, he used to invite us for a barbecue, throw just a piece of meat on the pan, hot pan, and I said, tell him, just season it with some spices and some salt and just see how it tastes. And he did that and says, oh, wow, look at that, yeah. So they salt everything. Salt makes rice pop. It adds extra dose of pizzazz for spaghetti sauce. Try eating spaghetti without salt. <laughs> it's an appropriate addition to almost any dish that can be found practically on every table in any restaurant. Just seasoned. Too much salt also is not good. Just enough. You just can't go wrong with a dash of salt. And that's what Paul is saying here. Let your speech be seasoned with salt. Just enough to make it favorable that people can enjoy being in your company. Don't chew people ears off. That's being too salty. Just enough. Let your conversations with friends be witty and full of life. That's a word for salt that Paul is talking about here. Let your speech, your conversation with friends be witty and full of life. And let them see the joy that is in you. Peter, in 3.15, look what he says. He says the same thing. We are to speak with gentleness and respect always. And both these guys use the term always. All the time. Every time you speak. Let there be a pinch of salt in it. Seasoned with salt. And Peter says here with gentleness and respect. That's graciously and delightfully. So friends, when you talk to people around you, be gracious. Do it with respect. Let it be delightful in what you're talking. I know it's tempting and easy to get hot under the collar and get into an argument when people don't agree with what you're saying. We can win the argument, but we can lose the person. What's the point? Gentleness here does not imply weakness. It is resisting arrogance and pushiness in our talking. Resist arrogance and pushiness in our talk. Even when you think of a slam dunk reply, and you say, well, I got him. I can put him, I can flatten him. You can crush your critic with what you're about to say. Hold off. Please don't. Hold off. As Christians, we are called to be gracious and kind in our speech so that we will draw people and not chase people away. Maybe you're the only Christian in your workplace when everybody around you swears and curses and you don't. And people begin to wonder, how come you don't curse? 
I know a friend of mine, I had coffee with him. Every second word was F and B's. And I didn't. End of the conversation, half an hour of a coffee time, he said, how come you don't curse? I said, that's not my language. So what's your language? Well, I want to talk about Jesus and his love. Oh, okay. Peter insists here that our words be of healing and comfort. And that's being gentleness. That's being showing respect. So what are these two people telling us? What is Paul and Peter telling us? Both of them say the same thing. It's as if they came together on this issue to tell the Christians, to tell the congregations that how we as Christians can express our faith in our daily conversation. How we can express our faith in our daily conversation. It's no point, friends, in telling about Jesus and getting hot on the collar and arguing your life off. Here's an example of our daily conversation. We're going to move in some practical examples of how we can have our conversations seasoned with salt and how our conversation can be gentle and how our conversation that people can see the respectfulness in it. Judy is going to come, as, come here and read us a story of how we can be respectful. Thank you, Judy. Thank you. Is that right? Yep. Okay. This story is headed The Power of an Apt Reply. Steve is a plumber in Queensland, Australia, and for most of his life was a typical Australian skeptic when it came to things religious. He was not an atheist, but he never attended church, and his contact with Christians over the years had left him with the impression that many of them were hypocrites. Steve did have time for one Christian he knew, a cycling friend. Each Saturday morning, both of these men, in their 40s, would hit the road for an hour or so, keeping the heart rate up and striking up the occasional conversation. One day, riding along, Steve began to pontificate about the hypocrites who go to church. Some of those churches, he said, are real rat bags. His friend just listened. They go to church on Sunday, Steve continued, and then live pretty ordinary lives the rest of the week. At that point, Steve's mate responded, in a manner considered gentle and respectful only amongst Australian males, he said, Come on, mate, don't go worrying about those people. God will look after them. You worry about yourself and God. That's the important thing. The two men rode on in silence. These words powerfully affected Steve. For the rest of the day, he pondered what a hypocrite he had been to criticise Christians when he was doing nothing himself to honour the Almighty. You worry about yourself and God. 
the words went around and around in his head. By evening, Steve was convinced that he was the one with the spiritual problem. He got alone and uttered a prayer, an apology to the God he had been ignoring all his life. The next day, Steve took himself to church, along with all the other hypocrites, and to the surprise of everyone, especially himself, he devoted his life to Christ. The next time Steve went riding, he told his cycling buddy that he had become a Christian. He also told him how much those few words had affected him. To Steve's amazement and amusement, his friend replied, What did I say? I can't remember. It was delightfully ironic. And when I met them, they joked about it, that something Steve's friend could not even remember saying was the means under God of drawing Steve to the Lord. Even the simplest comment about the faith can, because of God's spirit, open a person's eyes to the truth of Christ. Thank you, Judy. Thank you. That's a beautiful story, isn't it? Just few words being seasoned with salt. This guy still wasn't preaching. Just said a statement there. And God will use those simple words to bring life. How is God challenging you to be full of grace and your speech seasoned with salt? How is he challenging you this morning? God has placed us in a family or in a company or at school or at workplace to be salt and light. We get opportunities everywhere in a day-to-day -day life, in who we are, an opportunity to tell. I was with a group of friends. This was in Tassie. I was raising some extra funds to go on missions. And a friend of mine whose uh, house was being repainted, so he told me, he said, look, Sam, you can come on and help out these painters and you can get some money. So I said, okay. So I, was, I used to be up there at 8.30 in the morning and patching up all holes and washing down the walls. And around 10, 10.30, People would take a break and say, hey, Sam, come over for a smoker. I said, oh, okay. So they used to bring their skis, put their skis, sit on it, and uh, take out their coffees and whatever, biscuits, and talk. And uh, this smoker time would go for about 45 minutes. So they'd go around the line. There were about seven, eight of us. They'd gone. So what did you do in our weekend? So the guy would say what he did on the weekend. It goes on, and stories were, were quite interesting. So I got sloshed to drinking, I went for movies, I was my girlfriend, I did this, I did that. And my turn came. They asked me, Sam, what did you do on your weekend? I went to church. Oh, the silence. <laughs> oh, the silence. One guy said, went to church? What did you do with your churchy friends? I said, oh, well, I went there and a very group of good friends and we sang and you know, I felt light. I thought I could get the weight off my shoulder, talk to God and... And the guy who preached, and this is what he's talked about, and I, I can't tell you the whole sermon, but this is the gist of it. Give me an opportunity. Just give me an opportunity to share with our friends. 
So this, this afternoon when you go for shopping or anything, how was your day? Don't hesitate. Tell them how your day was. Scripture is full of people whom God has placed in what seems to be in a secular position in order to be effective. He has placed us all to be effective in where we are called. Joseph in the Bible, Daniel in Babylon, Jesus himself, interesting way where Jesus interacted. I've put up a, a small thing in the booklet to see where Jesus interacted, how he interacted. He was never pushy. Sometimes he asked questions. You can go home and have a read of this. The way Jesus interacted, it'll give us an idea of kind of a person of, of, of how he did it and what he did. Here are some of the objections that we have when we start to talk about Jesus Christ. When you want to share your faith, when you say you went to, or went to church on a Sunday, and this is what people say, some of the common objections, here's one of them. They say, oh, we all worship the same God. He said, you know, we don't have to sing. It doesn't matter where we go, we all worship the same God. There are many today who claim that truth really doesn't matter. As long as you believe what works for you is good for you. What you believe is good for you. What I believe is good for me. So what do we do? How do we answer this? Following the attacks on September 11th, former mayor of New York, Rudy Giuliani, spoke before the United Nations. And in his speech, he mentioned that on a typical weekend, he would visit an Islamic mosque on Friday and a Christian church on a Sunday. And then he commented that both groups worship the same God, but in different ways. Is he right? Is he right? Now, some of your things, maybe I'm not sure. How can, how can we believe that, that these people, the Hindus and Buddhists and Muslims, are wrong and we are right? Isn't this the height of arrogance to claim that Jesus is the only way to God? A way, maybe. But the only way? This issue haunts many Christians and makes us reluctant to talk about our faith. We don't want to appear bigoted. Arrogant and intolerant. Are all other religions describing the same God in different ways? Is there really any difference between Christianity, Islam, Buddhism, or Hinduism? Is there any difference? Let's take a brief look, brief look at all these religions. What are they saying? Are they saying the same thing? Suppose I tell you this morning that I got into literature a big way this year. And I've read William Shakespeare, Tolkien, Harry Potter, and The Very Hungry Caterpillar. <laughs> and I've concluded that every author is identical. They all say the same thing. What would you conclude? <laughs> you would conclude that this is the most profound statement on literature that I've ever made. Or you could conclude that I don't have a clue on what I'm saying. I think you'd probably say the second one, that I have no clue what I'm saying. Isn't it the same, friends, when someone says all religions are same? It's probably they haven't actually looked into what these religions are saying. Because once you begin to scratch the surface, you'll begin to see they're quite different. Here's another one. 
People say we're sincere and religious. Heard of this one? It doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere. If you're sincere in your daily living, that's it. that is if you lead a good life, a clean life, you pay your taxes, you're honest, you pay your bills and treat others with kindness and set a good example before others, God will reward you. You can make it to home in heaven. After all, aren't they good intentioned people who are sincere and who do no bad things? Of course, God loves sincere people. But that doesn't take us along. Here's some good examples. Here's a person, here a group of people in, in India. Very sincerely rolling around the temple. And perhaps maybe God can hear my prayer. Maybe God will accept me sincerely. Here's another guy, a young guy, becoming a monk. Shaves his hair off to form a Buddhist conventry. He's sincere. Is he right? Here's another one. That's a true event. A young boy, a 14-year-old, bombs were strapped around his waist. He headed towards the Israeli check post, and the Israeli soldier stopped him and asked him what was happening. He was so fearful. He was, he was afraid. He had no idea what was going to happen. He said, this is what they did to me, and I, this is what I'm supposed to do. Sincere. Is he right? Here's another man taking a dip in the most bacterial infected river, River Ganges. Supposed to wash himself of his sin. Supposed to purify himself. He takes his dip in River Ganges sincerely. Hindus acknowledge multitudes of gods and goddesses. Buddhists say there is no deity. Muslims believe powerful but unknowable God. We as Christians believe loving God who created us. When we say all, we all worship the same God, take the very basic concept of who God is. There are different views and different understandings of who God's are. The, very, the basic understanding of God is different. Then how can we see, say all religions are the same? Some few years ago, I was at Sydney Airport. Start, uh, I, was, I got a breakfast and cereals and yogurt and sat there on a table that nobody was there and thought I'd have a quiet time and have my breakfast. Here was a guy who came and said, can I sit here? Looked up and saw he was a Muslim, apparently, and he had a flowing garments and he came and sat down. And so we introduced each other. So I told him I'm a pastor. He said, oh, he said, I'm a Muslim cleric. I said, oh, okay. So he said, we all do the same thing, isn't it? I said, yeah, I guess we do. And so I asked him, what, what are you going? He said, I'm going to Indonesia to look at the educational system. I said, oh, good. So he said, we all do the same thing on a Sunday, uh, on a Sunday to worship God. We all worship the same God. I said, oh, that depends. He said, how so? So I told him, well, if you agree that all gods, that your God and my God is same, based on what I say, uh, then I'll agree with you. So I said, my God was in heaven, powerful God, came down to the earth, became man, died for our sins, died for your sins. 
He was crucified on the cross. They buried in the tomb. On the third day, he rose again. He said, no, I don't agree. I said, there you go. How can you tell me that all gods are the same? How can you tell me that we both worship the same God? We don't. We worship differently. Next time if someone tells you all religions are the same, we all worship the same God, invite them for a coffee. And just ask them a question. How do you say they're the same? Just start to scratch the surface. You'll begin to see differences appearing very soon. It's a wonderful opportunity, friends, today. When you're talking to your friends, you say, we all worship the same God. Start with the question, how? They're fundamentally different and superficially, at best, similar. Fundamentally, they're different. If you get stuck or cornered, just remember, don't go on the attack. Be gracious and res respectful. Sometimes, a genuine question would help. And here are some of my favorite genuine questions. If you're stuck in a corner, you don't want to be aggressive. You want to be seen gentle, seen with salt. Ask them a question, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? How did you come to a conclusion? That will give you enough time to maneuver around a sticky position, sticky conversation. And sometimes, friends, it's okay to say, I don't know. It's okay. And tell them. Come to church. And I've got a friend by name, Sam. He's an Indian. We'll talk to him. In conclusion, friends, many times we think of missions as leaving home, going to another country, but actually missions is all around us. All around us. A small act of opening your home, giving your time to someone, you can open people's hearts to hear the gospel of Jesus. Let your words be humble with humble, not arrogant or preachy, but seasoned with salt. And here are some practical ideas that I'm, I'll, I'll talk to you about uh, being salt and light in where we live and work. Where you live, greet your neighbors. Don't be afraid to say hello to your neighbor. How are things with you? Share a meal with your neighbor if possible. Do your yard work outside. Mow the lawns. Spend more time watering your garden. Good for the garden, good for you, good for your neighbor as well. You can talk to them, say hello to them. Be friendly. Share your garden tools. And I do. Every time I bring the lawn more, everybody comes out. And I thought, how come everybody's mowing the lawn at the same time? And we go out there, we share my tools with them. Everybody knows that there's a, minister, there's a pastor living in, the, in, the, in, in this area. Join your neighbor's Facebook group. Start walking, running in, the, uh, in your neighborhood. Get involved in your community. Join events. There's a good website there. Do something near you. You can log into it. Find some of the things in your local area that you want to be involved. Be involved. At work, have lunch with your co-workers. Instead of eating lunch alone, be intentional. Meet with other people. Hear their story. Get to work early so you can spend time praying. Find others who live near you. Do a carpool. Be the first person to welcome people. Join other city events. And friends, don't forget to say hello and ask the second question. You, you will be surprised what comes out when you ask the second question. Just talk to people. Be friendly. And I hope this list gets you thinking. In whatever we do, let our words be seasoned with salt. Be gracious 
and respectful. And you'll see people drawing to you. They would like to come and talk to you again. Shall we pray? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning that we can look into your word. And Father, we pray that you'd help us. Help us, O oh God, in our conversation, in our day-to-day -day conversation, in being missional. In our just ordinary day-to-day -day conversation, as we meet people and talk to them, Oh God, let our words be seasoned with salt. Let us be a people who bring light into the community. That people are drawn to what we say rather than chasing them off. Oh Father, we pray that you'd help us to speak humbly, gently, and to show respect to one another. Help us, Lord, in our conversation to show Christ. Be with us, we pray. And help us, we pray, O oh God, in our day-to-day -day walk. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And if you have missed anything, friends, with this five-dimensional, six dimensions of multi-missional, log into our website, Facebook, YouTube. Go it again and see what God wants us, how we live our lives in the society. Thank you again. God bless you.